Inside of us, we all really know there's a true north, but many times we live by that magnetic north that's movable. And we want to live true, but we kind of follow what the crowd says. We have this problem because we're not in harmony with really where we want to go. We sit there and we follow what the polls say. We follow where the crowd's needle is pointing. And many times we even push our own morals. And the problem with that is when we push the edge of our morals and our values, many times we fall over the edge. You know, psychologists have done a study about moral development in children and adults, and they found that children are really not born with that moral true north, if you will, which is no surprise to a parent. But they say that after they're taught these things, they still most of the time will do things just about their immediate needs and all about them. Then as we progress and get older, they tell us that adults will still know right and wrong and many times choose the right thing, but when it's convenient, then they'll go back to what we'd call magnetic north and go with the flow because they're really not living for what they really value. But the ideal that psychologists would say is that we could get to a point where we'd make the right choices, we'd make the moral choice, we'd say, you know what, I'm gonna do the right thing no matter what. And that's really the way that Jesus taught us to live with the golden rule. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, if we live a true North life, I believe this, it's gonna help us to avoid a lot of problems, preserve our relationships, it's gonna help us make ethical decisions. We're gonna be seen as people of integrity and character, and ultimately, that's gonna guide us to our desired destination. So here it is, bloopers and bonus material. All right. Oh yeah, it's on mute. Check, check, one, two, one, two, one, two. Let me just hide this back in my pan. Living with this harmony. If we go to Meg, I don't like it. Give it a try. And um, so I've just kind of blew that. I'm just gonna keep going. Magnetic North. Sorry, blowing that. If we live a true north type of life, uh, I could hear a loon. All right, take your glasses off and let's clap for the tech team. What a great job on the tech team. Do you feel like you're getting paddled there at the end? Yeah. Oh, man. I just want to say again to our tech team, thanks for all the hard work you do. Uh, they had to learn 3D technology, uh, shoot that in two days. They had about a week to edit it. They did a great job. And in addition to that, our tech team has just started something new, and I want to make you aware of this. We have started live streaming our services. So right now, there are people all around the world that are watching our service uh, on the Internet, 
and uh, they may be military that are deployed, they may be people that are shut in, they may be people that are on vacation or whatever the case may be, but our tech team has done that as well. And uh, so can we just do this real quick? Can we uh, welcome all the people that are watching on live streaming video right now on the internet? Kind of cool. Yes. Now, if you're away and you're watching on the internet, this is uh, great for you if you're away, but if you're local, can I just say this? Uh, live streaming is just meant to be a supplement, okay? It's not meant to be a replacement. Some of you are like, we're staying home next week, all right. Uh, that's not the way to do it. It's a supplement uh, to your church experience and to being a part of a body. Uh, if you are local and you can make it here, there's something about worshiping together. There's something about uh, praying together. There's something about being face-to-face with someone. So use that as a supplement. And the neat thing is, even if we have a major, major snowstorm, we'll still broadcast and you'll be able to see it. Isn't that cool? So it'll be a supplement for all that. And uh, anyways, that's the way we want to use it. But we are continuing True North. We are continuing. And for those of you that missed last week, let me give you a quick review. Um, for our, the, the sake of our analogy, we've said this. True north is the way that Jesus wants us to go. It is the morals and values that he wants us to live. It's following after Jesus Christ. And we stated in the series that Jesus himself said, I am true north. He didn't exactly say true north, but he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm it. I'm the way. And as we follow Jesus Christ, we're really going the right direction in life. With our analogy, we said that the difference between true north and magnetic north is that magnetic north moves. It actually moves based on where you're at. And because of the forces of the magnetic pull, it actually moves around. And depending on where you're at in the world, your compass will point to magnetic north, but you may not be going north. You need to know how many degrees off you are, which is called declination. Declination is the amount of degrees that it's off between really true north and the magnetic north direction that you're going. And we talked about that Jesus wants to get rid of our declination and get us back on the right way, the right path. And yet so many of us, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. That's magnetic north. That's following our own desires. And how many know when it really comes down to the way we live our lives, a lot of us live like the compass in Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you know what I'm talking about? It ain't facing north. It's going wherever we want it to go. And whatever we desire the most, that's the direction that our, our moral compass points us, and that's wrong. That's wrong. Jesus is calling us to true north to follow him. There is uh, truth in his word. There's the great commandment. There's the great commission. There's uh, the golden rule. There are things that he's saying, follow me, do these things. This is the right way to walk. And we need to walk that way. But, so I think we're convinced that that's the way we need to walk. But here's what I think happens to us. A lot of us start to veer from true north. We don't even intend to. And I think there's a couple of forces at work that cause us to, like, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you. I know you're the way. I know you're the truth. I know you're the life. And I'm following true north. Some people say it's instead of declination, it's backsliding. We just start to get away from the Lord and we start drifting away. And and here's some of the things that happen to us. First thing is there's just things in life that cause us to drift away from God, that cause us when we're trying to live true north, that try to convince us that following magnetic north, going a different way would be okay. 
just the storms of life, uh, things around us, just the things in life. It just starts to choke out the life from us and causes us to drift away from true north. That's what I believe Jesus was referring to when he talks about the parable of the sower. And in, in Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, listen to this in light of true north. Jesus is saying, others are like seed planted among the thorny weeds. They hear the teaching But the worries of this life, the temptation of wealth, and many other evil desires keep the teaching from growing and producing fruit in their lives. He's saying these people heard the truth. They heard about true north. They they had an idea. They started to grow. But you know what happened? The desire for wealth, the evil things in this world, it just pulled them away and choked out true north. And it's saying that there's things that are there that that pull on us. Do you know that you have an enemy of your soul, that he wants to get you away from true north? He wants you to just follow your own desires and not really line your life up with Jesus Christ. We've got to be aware of that. But how many know it's not just outside things? How many know inside of us there's a pretty strong pull to go magnetic north? There's just a, a desire. The Bible calls it the old man, the fleshly man, the carnal nature. And it's at war with our spiritual nature. There's like a battle going on. Some of you are like, I know, I feel that. I felt it this morning. I, I wanted to stay in bed. And it's the carnal nature and the spiritual nature. And there's a battle going on. And this also pulls us away from the way that God wants us to walk. It's, he's saying very clearly in James chapter 1, verse 14, each one of us is tempted when by his own evil desire, it's in us, he is dragged away and enticed. We've got to be on guard against this because God's saying, follow me, live my way, follow me. This is the way you should go. This is the way you should walk. And there's something within us that just wants to follow these other things. And many times with that, we push the edge. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, well, let's go take a look at that temptation over there. And we keep inching towards the edge. How many know the edge is where disaster happens? If you are following the wrong direction, you can walk off the edge. You do not want to be near the edge. You do not want to follow the evil desires that are in your heart. You want to put to death the old man, the old nature, and live this new life in Jesus Christ, living true north. The edge is dangerous. When we shot that edge shot in the video, I just want to share this with you. We had our cameraman with a tripod, and uh, he had the camera on there. He was really uh, going to take it and put it over the edge like that. And so we had one person holding on to the base of the tripod there because we didn't want the $23,000 camera that we were leasing to fall over the edge. How many think that was wisdom? Okay. <laughs> Then we had our cameraman holding on to that. Then we had somebody holding on to the cameraman on this side. And then I was over on this side holding on to his belt because how many know he's worth more than $23,000? And if the two of us went over, we were all goners. But we had safety in place. And when I was standing there at the edge there, even as close as we were, I was getting that weak, how many of you want to talk about it? Like, ah, I don't like that thing. I don't need to just kind of, I almost want to crawl, you know, because the edge is dangerous. Because the edge is dangerous. I pray you get that weak feeling when you're tempted. I pray you get that, ah, I don't want to go near there. That's death. If I'd veer off of true north and start following my own evil desires in me, that could lead me over the edge. I'm staying with true north. I'm staying where God wants me to go. So we've got forces outside of us. We've got forces inside of us working to keep us from trying to live a true north life. But there's also things, I want to share this, in our local surrounding, friends, 
I want to be very clear. There are friends and people around us that can pull us away from a true north life. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. It says you are trying to have good morals. You are trying to follow the way that Jesus says. And it says bad company will pull you away and cause you to live a magnetic north life instead of a true north life. I think every parent here should have that scripture memorized so you can teach that to your kids. And I want to tell you this, if I could, uh, you know, I was getting all sorts of illustrations sent to me from people in the church, and this couple, they, uh, they're sailors, and they said, hey, we've sailed the ocean, we've sailed on lakes, and they said, here's the deal. You have to realize that the very boat that you are in, or the very ship that you are in, has magnetic anomalies that are going on in it because there's metal, there's magnetic things in there. And he said, there's things that are going on so you have to know the real way of true north so that when you get out in the sea, the thing that is in your very surrounding doesn't cause you to go off course. It's a magnetic anomaly. Your friends can be magnetic anomalies to you and they can pull you off course. And if I could speak just to the teens for just a minute or the children that are here, your parents have wisdom when they're talking to you. When they're saying, those friends, you got to watch it. That's not a good relationship. Be on guard. Make sure that you're controlling the environment. No, we don't want you to date that person. No, we don't want you to do that. There's wisdom in it because they see the spiritual magnetic anomaly that will pull you off of your true north life that they've taught you to live. And that's why they say, be in before midnight because how many know there's a lot of declination after midnight? There's wisdom in that. They're saying, don't, don't stay out last, past that. Come back in because there's going to be forces around you that are going to pull you in. Your parents love you. And that's why they're saying, choose your friends wisely. And for all of us, let's choose our friends wisely because the environment that we're in, the environment that we're in can cause us to veer off of a true north life. Let's be in the right environment. So how are we going to live this life? Very obviously, I'll tell you this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The writer of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and if I could stop there for just a minute, it's almost like instead of a magnetic anomaly pulling us away, the writer of Hebrews is saying there's this big cloud of witnesses around us. There's good people around us that are cheering us on to stay living a true north life. He says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If you want to live a true north life, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. He will not let you down. He is always true north. He is always doing the right thing. He is always telling you to do the right thing. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Some of you say, well, I had my eyes on this person, and I followed them, and they had a train wreck in their life. Don't do that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. I'll tell you what. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, you won't swerve off. I was taught this as a Boy Scout. I was in Boy Scouts, and I was taught how to read a compass. And when we had our setting, and we knew exactly where we wanted to go, we'd look for something that was tall. We'd look for something identifiable that was in the distance, and we'd fix our eyes on that. We'd say, that's the direction we want to go. You could put your compass back in your pocket, and you would have your eyes fixed on that. 
And you'd maybe glance down to go around some obstacles or whatever, but it, when you got around him, you'd fix your eyes back on the target. You'd fix your eyes back on the goal. When you got to that spot, you'd take your compass back out, get a new one, fix your eyes there. Jesus is out there in front of us. We can fix our eyes on Jesus. And we can fix our eyes a little bit on people that are down the road more than us spiritually. That's where the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Guess what? I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus. If you don't know exactly what to do, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm in line with this true north life. But let's fix our eyes on Jesus. As we do that, we obey his teaching and we listen to the Holy Spirit when he tells us what to do because he will convict us. How many know that the Holy Spirit is living and active right now and he will convict you and when you veer off of true north and you start following your own desires, how many know the Holy Spirit's like, oh, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. There's a cliff over there. Don't do it. And we just, uh, you, it looks good to me. The compass is saying... You know, listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying and get back on track. Get back on track. And when the Holy Spirit convicts you and you feel that conviction of like, get back on track, get back on track, let me tell you something. This is what you need to do. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. Again, read this in light of, of true north. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's saying, hey, we're all kind of going magnetic north. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When the Holy Spirit convicts us because we veer, we just have these moments, these tendencies, this battle going on, our surrounding, these magnetic anomalies, when the Holy Spirit convicts us and we see the truth of God's word, man, confess your sins. Confess, repent, turn from it and get back on course and the grace of Jesus Christ will cover that. He'll get you back on course. And I want to tell you, you don't have to work your way back in. I thank God for grace. I thank God that when I veer, I can ask for forgiveness, and the grace of God does the correction in my life, and it gets me back on track. If you're one degree off, if you're three degrees off, if you're 10 degrees off, I just pray that you'll feel convicted even right now, and right now that the Holy Spirit would convict you, and he'd whisper in your spirit right now saying, this is wrong. This is wrong. It's time for a correction. Repent and receive the grace. Some of you say, well, I'll repent and I'll work my way back in. You don't have to do that. You repent and receive the grace and get back on track to the way that God wants you to go. Man, it's, it's there for us. It's there for us to get back on track. Now, if we're convinced of this, and again, <clears throat> I feel like we're convinced of this, that we're convinced we're supposed to live a true life, a true north life, and go the right direction, then I'll say this. There's two things I want you to do, okay, church? Two things. We have to train the next generation how to live true north. We have to. Used to be that we could pray in school. Used to be that they would teach kids the ABCs by using the Bible. That's how they taught them. Now we don't do that anymore. Now, it used to be that there were more morals and values that were taught, but a generation that was taught morals and values challenged them, then the next generation pushed the edge of it, and now we have a generation that's coming up that doesn't even know where the edge is. They don't even know true north. It's our responsibility to teach them. Teach our own children, teach other people's children, teach them and be the leaders in this area. We should be teaching them. And I'm, I'm praying that right now in our church that we will never, ever, ever have a shortage of children's workers. 
I'm praying that right now with this sermon today that people will feel this, that we are called, those of us that are living true north will receive the responsibility to train up a child in the way they should go. That's what Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children onto the right path and when they're older, they will not leave it. We need to train our children and other people's children to be living a true north life. We need to be doing this. Now, for those of you that are parents for just a minute, it's your responsibility. The church supplements it, but it's your responsibility. You ought to be having Bible study. You ought to be having family devotion. You ought to be having prayer time together. Let me share some of the things we did. We had a little scripture box thing that we'd pull a scripture out of it, and we'd read that scripture, and we'd discuss it as a family at the table. And we did that because, you know, let's take it. Let's have a way to help point our kids in the way of true north. We bought a family devotional and did that over dinner for a couple years, and we did that at dinner time where we'd point our family on True North. We would go ahead and we would do um, different Bible studies. We actually bought the One Minute Bible. I didn't know it existed, and I saw it. It was called the One Minute Bible. It was 365 readings that would take you one minute to read. How many know kids can endure that, right? And so we graduated from a scripture to the One Minute Bible, and we did that, and we'd read it and then discuss it. We would do different things. We'd read from the book of virtues. We'd read um, this book called The Essential 55, where this teacher of the year talked about 55 rules that he had for character and virtue that he taught to his students. And so we did that as a family, but we'd do these things. Another thing we did is shared experiences where we'd go on global teams together and do ministry together. These are all things that are there. Uh, Right now we're doing soap. Our family does soap where we do our scripture, observation, application, prayer. It's on our website. You can see that. It's right there for you. It's a tool. And let me just say this. Parents, we have given you a tool with your children. They get a placemat. Your kids get a placemat in Go Kids, and it tells them what the lessons are. It gives them scriptures and questions. You don't even have to be a theologian to help point your kids on True North. We're helping you. Take advantage of this. It's your responsibility to do it, and we need to train the next generation because there's a generation coming up that doesn't even know right and wrong. We're starting to see people that come to church that have never, ever, ever been to church. Not Christmas, not Easter, not ever. It's our job to train them and to teach them, and I'm praying that you'll receive this call and charge and challenge that you'll step up. Work in the kids' ministry. Help us train the next generation, and you train your own children if you have them. The second thing, let's not miss this. I believe it's very clear from reading the Bible in light of true north, those of us that are committed to following Jesus, that there's a whole world that's following magnetic north. They're going the wrong direction. The Bible says that way leads to death. And those of us that are living true north, it's not enough that we just say, well, good for us, we're going the right way. Those of us that are going the right way are called to be part of the search party. There are people that are out there with a broken compass following the desires of their own heart and they're going the wrong way. They are lost in the woods, if you will, and we are called to reach them. And if they were physically lost in the woods, we'd have search parties, we'd organize, we'd go after them. They are spiritually lost. and We are called to reach them. James 5, 19 and 20 says, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. 
It's saying there's people that have wandered. There's people that are following magnetic north, but we can bring them to true north. We can bring them to Jesus and cover a multitude, a multitude of sins. What does that mean? It means their sins, their kids, their grandkids. They can get into the faith and we can cover a multitude of sins. We are part of the search party. That's what we're called to do. And you are called to live a true north life shining like a bright star. Shining out there, pointing the right way to Jesus. That's what Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says. Men and women who have lived wisely and well will shine brilliantly like the cloudless star-strewn night skies. And those who put others on the right path to life will glow like stars forever. God is calling you to be a, a shining star living for true north, saying, I'm out here, guys. I'm being an example, and I'm begging you to get on the right path. I'm begging you, and let's never miss that. We are not called just to live a true north life just so that we get to the final destination. We are called to live a true north life so we get there and we bring others with us. So I want to pray for our church that we'd have a, 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 a repentance time. For those of us that have veered, I want to pray for a greater commitment to raising up the next generation and leading them into true north. And I want to pray that we will never forget that lost people matter to God. We are called to live true north and shine like stars, pointing the way to Jesus Christ. So let me pray. Bow your heads and let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this opportunity to hear your word and to look at it with a great analogy that just opens it up to us. There is a way that is right. It's following you. It's living how your word says we're supposed to live. And yet the world so often pulls us to a magnetic north that is the wrong way. There's been some declination in our lives. And so right now I call upon a spirit of repentance to fill this place. Holy Spirit, convict us of the declination where we have veered off of true north and we've done our own things. We have flirted with the edge of lust. We have flirted with the edge of our finances. We have chased after the evil things of this world and we've veered away from true north. And with a spirit of conviction, Lord, I pray that you'd call us back to true north. We're not messing around. We desire to be holy, to follow after your word, and we don't want to be people that are going the wrong way. We want to be following you in true north, Lord. So please convict us of our sin, and as we repent right now, even as we're seated here, as we repent, Lord Jesus, may we receive the grace that brings us back to a right standing. May we turn from those ways and follow you, Lord. May we put to death those old things and follow the way that is the truth in life, Lord. I also pray, Lord Jesus, from this day forward, believing in faith, that we will never have a shortage for our children's ministry ever again, ever again. But it would be seen as a place of honor. It'd be a place of, of really valuing the next generation, Lord. If we don't value them, who will? But not only will our, our children's ministry be full of people that are training them up, but full of people that are praying for our kids, praying for them that they would live a true north life. We'd have an abundance of youth sponsors so that we could have great care for our teenagers. 
I'm believing in faith for that. And I come into agreement with all those that are praying for every one of our campuses that we would have an abundance of workers that will minister to kids. I pray that we train up our own children. We train up our own children, that moms and dads would do the right things to train up their children in the ways they should go. And lastly, I do pray, Lord Jesus, that we'd never take our eyes off of those that are lost. It'd be so comfortable to just follow you with True North and be happy along the way. But there's something within us, Lord, that we know that we weren't the last one that needed to find you. There were others that need to hear this message. There's others that are lost and need this message. And I pray those of us that are following you that know where True North is would go after a world that is following after their own desires and get them on track with you, Lord. They're lost. They're lost. Their compass is broke. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that with a broken compass, instead of being broken, we would go and find them. We would bring them back to you, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus, to bring people into a right relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.